0: There's nothing quite like an old-school Texas rivalry. And back in the 60s, things were heated between the cities of Dallas and Fort Worth.
1: There was a financial difference, a whole cultural difference between the two communities.
0: This is Ron Ricks. He's the vice chairman of the board and retired executive vice president and chief legal and regulatory officer of Southwest Airlines.
1: The leading civic figure in the city of Fort Worth was famous for a saying that whenever he had to go to Dallas on business, he packed a lunch in a brown paper sack because he refused to spend a dime in Dallas, Texas. That's how bitter the dispute was.
0: And alongside it all was a new airline that was just trying to avoid getting pulled into the whole thing.
1: It could be something like like the lamb taking up residence in the wolf's lair. For a moment. Welcome aboard
0: Southwest Airlines. We'll be Hi, everyone. I'm Quinny Jenkins, a manager in community outreach for Southwest Airlines. And I'm Lucas Hirschberger. I'm an in-flight supervisor for Southwest Airlines. Welcome to Is This Seat Open?, a series funded by Southwest Airlines and produced by LA Times Studios and Atwill Media. Today, we're sitting next to Ron Ricks, who'll take us through a decades-long battle that was born out of an old Texas rivalry. So
1: buckle up. We'd like to thank you for joining us. Welcome aboard. My name is Ron Ricks. I've been associated with Southwest Airlines for 40 of the 50 years we've been flying. Before I retired from my day job at Southwest, I was the executive vice president in charge of all the legal and political and regulatory matters. And I can honestly say over that uh, entire period of time, there was not one day when I was bored.
0: Southwest Airlines has ruffled the feathers of plenty of competing airlines, but maybe the biggest of Southwest' troubles started with some bad blood between two Texas cities.
1: It's sort of like a sibling rivalry. Fort Worth and Dallas viewed themselves as competitors. Fort Worth had an airport. Dallas had an airport. Neither city was willing to give an inch to the other. They insisted that their airport win the war so to speak for aviation dominance in the north texas region
0: eventually the two cities struck a deal they would build a single airport between them called dallas fort worth international
1: it is no coincidence that the county line between the two counties in which dallas and fort worth reside runs right down the middle of the airport the cities of dallas and fort worth mandated that any airline serving the market would have to sign a contract in writing that when the new airport was built, it would only fly to the new airport at DFW. One airline didn't sign that deal because Southwest Airlines in 1968 did not exist.
0: A few years later, when Southwest did exist, they were happily flying out of Dallas's Love Field Airport. But eventually, they were asked to move to DFW. Now Southwest customers preferred flying through Love Field because it was close to downtown Dallas. So Southwest said, thanks, but no thanks. And this is where the trouble begins.
1: Lawsuit after lawsuit, court hearing after court hearing, argument after argument, and that went on until 1977 when a federal court of appeals, the highest court below the U.S. Supreme Court, finally ruled in 1977 that Southwest Airlines had the legal right to stay at Love Field. Southwest airline officials say they are confident this was the last battle in their long war to remain at Love Field, and they say they've won. We thought that was the end of it, but we were wrong.
0: Just one year later, a new law relaxed restrictions around interstate flights, and Southwest was eager to fly to their first city outside Texas.
1: Southwest chose New Orleans. Tonight at 8 o'clock, in about three hours from now, Southwest's first flight will leave nonstop for New Orleans. And all hell broke loose. At that time, Jim Wright, who was the House Majority Leader in the United States House of Representatives, challenged Southwest Wright to do that and actually testified at a hearing before a federal agency saying, don't let Southwest Airlines fly to New
0: Orleans. Why, might you ask? Would the House Majority Leader spend his time insisting on the regulation of a single airline? Well, Southwest was flying out of Dallas. And Jim Wright, he was a Fort Worth guy.
1: The city of Fort Worth, which elected Jim Wright, made sure that he knew this was the most important political issue to him. So he was representing his constituents. Ultimately, a compromise was reached. And that compromise is what was known after 1979 as the Right Amendment. And the Right Amendment merely said, Southwest can fly from Love Field to any state bordering Texas. New Mexico, Oklahoma, Arkansas, or Louisiana. And that's it. You can't go beyond that.
0: Southwest accepted this compromise for years until September 11, 2001, when an act of terrorism changed the airline business forever.
1: Uh, As a result of 9-11, passengers stopped flying. Gradually, passengers came back, but not in so-called, what we call in the airline business, short-haul markets. That was Southwest Airlines' stock in
0: trade. So the airline felt they had only one option a no-holds-barred campaign to get the right amendment repealed. Southwest's argument was that by repealing the amendment, they were creating more competition. This would lower fares across the board and bring more people to fly, helping consumers and airlines alike. And they had the numbers to back that claim up.
1: Economist Stephen Morrison says DFW fares now are 76% higher than they would be with full competition between the two airports. That's $133 a round trip for a whopping $800 million a year in higher fares. When the big effort to repeal the Wright Amendment was underway, Southwest Airlines had a petition drive underway, which collected hundreds of thousands of signatures from customers and friends and supporters of Southwest. And one day, Jim Wright was flying on Southwest Airlines from Dallas Love Field, And one of our courageous gate agents, customer service representatives, asked him to sign the petition to repeal the Wright Amendment, and he did.
0: And although it took more than the signature of a former congressman to seal the deal, the push was a success. The Wright Amendment was repealed, and Southwest was saved through the efforts of thousands of Southwest employees, loyal customers, and the CEO, Herb Kelleher.
1: One of the things that I saw time and time and time again at Southwest Airlines, is Herb Kelleher had more friends who were former enemies than anyone I'd ever met. Because no matter how bitter the fight, Southwest and Herb's style was to be honest and open and transparent. We may disagree, but we're going to fight hard and we're going to fight fair.
0: Thank you, Ron Ricks, for sharing this story and join us again soon to sit next to more people with stories about Southwest 50 years of flying. For more on these stories and to look behind the scenes, check out LATimes.com slash Is This Seat Open? I'm Quinny Jenkins.
1: And I'm Lucas Hirschberger. Thanks for listening to Is This Seat Open? See you next time. This podcast series is funded by Southwest Airlines and produced by LA Times Studios and At Will Media. The Los Angeles Times newsroom was not involved in the creation of this series.